Check the world! <laughs> so welcome to the Hack the Planet, uh, a new podcast that is a... Uh, it's a rewatch of well, that's maturity. That's yeah, that's true. Now wait, Matt, were you were you trying to say like that's real mature? Real mature. You, okay, that's real mature. As yeah. I said, I refuse to have anything to do with anything that's measured in maturity. <laughs> now are we talking about like in your entire life? Done. Just in technology? Peter Pan for life, baby. <laughs> There's another t shirt for you. <laughs> PPFL. PPFL. Peter Pan for life. By the way, I have approval. I have approval for the LLM t-shirt. So okay. Wait, who do you get approval there? from? Well, you know, when you say I identify as, you better ask people oh. around. Okay, I see. Who, own, who owns LLM as a copyright? Not me. No, nah, not, not me. Well, you ask somebody. <laughs> oh, no, uh, somebody who understands, like somebody who is more aware of these things than I am. Uh, which could be said anybody, but no, I went to. A <laughs> You're quite aware of. You seem to be vaguely aware of your surroundings. I've noticed that about you. I'm surrounded. The fish behind you. The fish behind you is listening. <laughs> so maybe we should, should yeah. we talk about something here, maybe, or is we this could. just the the random show versus the security table? No, where- wait. Today's celebration day. It is. It is. We need a celebration. So we have, uh, ah, he's our celebrating with fireworks for those on the audience. Now that I learned this thing, that's done. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's like giving a a small child a new toy that makes noise is effectively Ezar and reactions. uh, A new feature that, uh, is the the camera and Mac OS do for you. But yeah, we are here on the security table to celebrate what I'll define as a momentous occasion. So the three of us with another 12 people, I had to go count in the document itself to make sure I didn't miss anybody. But three of us plus 12 other people. Uh, m- most of the folks were from the original Threat Modeling Manifesto team. Uh, we are proud and happy to announce that we have released a- another document. And this time we have released something called Threat Modeling Capabilities. And so we want to use our time in the show today to introduce you to this new project that we've just released uh, two days ago uh, from the time we're recording this uh, to fill you in on what it is, but then also let you get a little taste of how it was put together uh, by way of uh, perhaps a little bit of discussion and debate about the the merits of maturity over capability. But I'm getting there too soon. So Matt, set it up for us as far as like, what what's a capability like what are we even talking about when we say threat modeling capabilities so uh in a nutshell a capability is something that you do or have in your in this case in your program your threat modeling program so it's something that you do or do not do as john jonathan would like to say uh and so uh a capability is um and in this case we're talking about capabilities things that uh, help to improve or make most efficient your threat modeling process. And uh, and separately, of course, we could talk about maturity, but, but that's a, obviously a separate conversation around how well or how frequent or how consistently you do that thing. So uh, a capability really is uh, something that you achieve, an objective, a goal, something that you can measure, 
uh, and say you do or do not have or do not do or do not do. And, uh, and that's, that's in a nutshell where we're at from this, from this document. Ezer, why don't you set up for those listening, how this document came together, talk about the team and the process and how, how we work together to create this thing. So we, we tried to uh, emulate what we did with the manifesto, right? So the team already knows that uh, not only we work well together, but we enjoy working together. I think that both things are actually connected. Hmm. Something to look at. But uh, <clears throat> so we got together the same way uh, once a week, an hour, and a lot of uh, offline work over uh, Google Docs. And uh, we managed to... I think that's the, the first big discussion that we had was the capability slash maturity. What are we setting up to do? And I think that we came to the conclusion that if I, cor- if I remember correctly, and if not, uh, hear it soon in an AppSec uh, uh, podcast uh, of your choice. But uh, <laughs> I think that we, we got to sort of the idea that the capability was more of a, a, a zero or a one. You either have it or you don't have it. And uh, a maturity was a continuum. That thing that you have or don't have, the maturity would reflect how far along you are in that journey. So we decided that it made more sense to actually uh, define what the capabilities are. And only at a later date, dun, 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 uh, go, go the, the maturity way. And... Uh, uh, we got to divide all the capabilities into seven uh, process areas, which are strategy, education, creating threat models, acting on threat models, communications, measurement, and program management. And from here, you can, can already see that what we tried to put together was uh, not only the capabilities that you may need to do a proper threat model, but we also looked at the program side of things. Many times people know how to do individual threat models and that's great and that's awesome. But how do you translate that to a whole organization? How do you build a whole program around it, right? What does the organization has to have in place? And uh, it's hard to talk about those things without, again, using the word maturity. But uh, how far along the journey does the security, uh, the organization has to be in order to be able to both create, maintain, and extract value? from uh, threat models. And I think that's the most important thing here is that we went exactly that way. How do you use these capabilities? How having or not having these capabilities influences you being able to extract value and to nurture and to grow your threat uh, threat, threat modeling uh, program? Yeah. So I want to I wanna challenge you both here to... Uh, and I'm going to go first, so you'll have time to think about this. I'm just going to throw this question at you just randomly. But I want each of you to share what do you what, what was one of the big like the the things that you took away? What's a, a story that you can share about this journey that began in May and ended uh, yesterday with the release of the capabilities document? Um, it, it could be something along the journey, like something that happened or whatever. I know there was a lot of cool things that happened. I'll share one first to give you guys time to noodle on it here. Um, I would I would say that the part of this process that uh, that just really stuck with me that one of the things I thought was so fun we were. We did a workshop where we had all 15 of us in a shared Miro board 
And we were brainstorming kind of like the positive and negative sides, like what are things that could go wrong in a threat modeling program? And then what are the things that would be things that could go right? And so we were looking at it from two different perspectives. Uh, but Fraser Scott led us through that um, that exercise. And we literally had like, uh, Fraser would make an announcement and it would be like a five minutes of work and you'd watch all these cursors flying all over this little shared mirror screen, dropping boxes in. And it was just a really, it was just a really fun way to brainstorm at such a high rate of speed. And like in 90 minutes or something, we ended up with the guts of what became the capabilities that we released yesterday. Now they changed, they modified. Yes, there was a lot of tweaking and whatnot that happened to them, but still the core of those things came out of that, that brainstorming exercise. And I'm looking forward to trying to use that, that style of, of a workshop again in the future. Cause it was just such a powerful thing to get so many smart people putting together their, their best ideas down at a high rate of speed. So that was the one for me. Um, I gave you guys plenty of time to think up like your, your key moment of the experience. So Matt, I'm going to you next. Oh, go for what this are. He looks like he has something on. No, 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 no. You first. You first. You first. No, no, no. That's okay. You can go first. Listen, if you use it, he can't tell it. So whoever goes (laughs) next is locking in another thing out of the story. So uh, to me, I'm going to be very uh, selfish here and point at something that's very near and dear to my heart and that I think that I pushed very hard to get into the, the document. It's the fact that each capability is either measurable or provable. You're not able to self-attest and everything is fine because I said so. You actually have to put some stuff in the table, on the table to, to show that, yes, you have or don't have that capability and uh, where it goes. And uh, I think that the fact that we managed to do it so concise, I mean, each capability is what tops a paragraph. Some of them are just one sentence. I think yeah. that that's so cool that we, we're not like writing Bibles over here. Yeah, a- absolutely. I think the the number one key, I guess, standout uh, thing that happened for, from my perspective is actually something that happened regularly throughout the conversations was the, the process of understanding that we went through, right? So starting with the concepts. What do we need in a threat modeling pro- program in order to be successful and efficient and effective? And taking that, approaching it, breaking, breaking it down into, okay, what is it? What do those represent parts? And then having the conversation across, uh, across all the members um, who, are, who are present on those various, in those various sessions um, to um, Think about we we obviously we had folks who were on the consulting or or uh, um, academic side or uh, practitioners of threat modelers or developers of tools, uh, as well as um, folks who were who were consuming it and and working with business and engineering teams, and so those different perspectives being brought together to really understand the problem to really understand even if we had a capability that could be measured, a was it valuable to have and b was it going to actually be done <laughs> right there's a there's a notion that some things are probably worth doing and some things are maybe not so worth doing and so therefore you know things get things get tabled or or held back or or just not not put forward as 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 of it may be a value but not in context and so having those different opinions come together and then once we started looking at those and refining them doing things like 
right? That's maturity. So making sure that we were not doing that we're not baking in maturity into the capability so that we had a thing, a set of things that can be done and can be measured without worrying about the how or the to what level. And so that was that was just amazing that we were able to hold it through through the entire deliberations um, and and maintain that uh, with all the different opinions that were were involved in the fact that we could come together as a group and, and make and come to a conclusion that we could release was, yeah. was simply uh, amazing. And that speaks to, I guess, I'll, I'll bookend this this portion of the podcast. I shared the first one. I'll share the last one. It just speaks to the quality of the people, these 15 people that we we brought together here. Matt, you already touched on the fact that all of us are coming from different perspectives, different jobs, different uh, threat modeling experiences over our careers. Some are authors, such as yourselves. Um, others are trainers. Others are consultants and in, in running programs inside of companies, but there was never a moment in the deliberations around the capabilities where any, where anybody raised their voice or yelled at anybody else. Like it was a, it was just a peaceful group of very smart people. And that's one of the things that I just love about working with this team is we can respectfully disagree with each other. And we did hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times in the midst of this. We did not all, we did, there were many things that we did not agree on, but everybody very respectfully lays out their case and then other people will start to add additional data to it. And then as a group, we kind of come to a decision and then we move forward and we say, okay, here's what we're going to do with it because we feel like, and, and there was a few times where I called for a vote because I'm like, I just don't know which way this is going. Like we need democratic process to determine what the, what the outcome of this particular issue is because a lot of times it was like somebody would make a case, somebody may make a counterpoint. People started to kind of fall into one and it became very clear like, okay, this is where the group is leading. A few times we had to go to the democratic process, but Never did anybody yell, scream, carry on, grandstand, um, filibuster, <laughs> all the words we can use that are negative. It just didn't happen. And that's that's the magical thing about working with this group and what makes me look forward to what we're going to do next. Now, I, I haven't said that. I do want to call out for, for listeners slash viewers. We did have it was a they were it was a well moderated conversation. Oh, yeah. Right. And so. Thank you, Chris, for providing that moderation and that that sanity, those sanity checks. To many in, in many cases, providing a sanity case or okay, we're at you know A versus B. Can we come to a conclusion? You know, keeping us on track. Uh, you know, even though it didn't come to a vote in most cases, the fact that that we had control over the process, that there was control in the process, so that so that you know there were valves. <laughs> to release the pressure uh, in in the conversation, not to, again, not to nobody blew up or anything like that, but um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a free for, free for all, and we're all professionals doing our professional job, uh, you know, things that we do that we like to do, the you know, working working with threat modeling and doing that. So, and in that same note, I want to call out our friend Jonathan Marceau, who did an amazing uh, job not only on the the site on the presentation. But behind the scenes on pushing things around and getting people to come down to a decision on wording and stuff like that. And more than anything, being the maturity policy, police. Yeah. Many, many times in these discussions, we'll be talking about something and all of a sudden we'll figure out that by almost by default, we fall into a discussion of the maturity of the thing. 
and he would put it back to no wait 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 to talking maturity what's the capability behind this you know the funny right? thing about that though mm -hmm. is he only represented the maturity police for about two meetings but then yes. he built this he built the maturity police the virtual vir maturity police force where we all started going back to it automatically yeah. and it wasn't even like he had to raise his hand to kind of get our attention go oh no maturity we would all be like oh wait that's maturity so so kudos to him for implanting this this capability <laughs> ah, you like that implanting a capability amongst the team where we would self correct when we started to go down the maturity uh, approach so notice he turned on the capability but over the calls we improved on the maturity of it by getting better as a as a team on doing it so we're level four mm -hmm. now when it comes yep, to that. Yeah, we're level so four. Let's, uh, yeah, let's bring this document up. I mean, we have the power of the internet, I guess, and we can just take a quick peek at it. So those that are watching this on YouTube can Matt see. Matt is going to read it, to, to read the screen for those who are uh, listening yeah. in the car. Yeah, oh, I'm not <laughs> reading the screen. They have screen readers for that. Exactly. How, how, can, how does the screen reader go? Browser, threat modeling capabilities. You are it's, it's definitely <laughs> your voice that people are listening to as well. So, uh, just to highlight, I'll, I'll point, I'll highlight some things here, and you guys can feel free to comment on them as you think um, or as you feel led. But for those that are listening from an audio perspective, when you get back to a safe place, please don't try to view the capabilities in your car while driving. Uh, but the document is at threatmodelingmanifesto.org slash capabilities and you will find that link in the show notes as well so but i just thought i'd throw it out there uh once again don't look at it if you're flying a plane helicopter or driving a car or a boat at this particular time submarines are fine submarines are fine because you can just put it on autopilot and no yeah and you don't see where you're going anyway so <laughs> that's true <laughs> so pointing out the document so the first section we kind of we have a little bit of introduction and then we're defining what's a threat modeling capability. So Matt did a great job of, of summarizing what exists in this section already early when we first started talking about capabilities. There's a little more context there that um, that you can you can get into. And then Izar referenced the seven different categories or the groupings of these process areas of 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 capabilities that are strategy, education, creating threat models, acting on threat models, communications, measurement, and program management. And then for each of these individual capabilities, there is a name. There's a little bit of, uh, of introductory text that we like to refer to as the North Star was what we were guiding towards. What did we want this particular process area to help us get to? And then with each of these capabilities, it's really just a two or three word uh, descriptive title of what the capability is. And then one to two to maybe maximum three sentences that help to describe what it is. Mm -hmm. And so yep. I'm going to pick one just at random that we can just have a little chat about here. Um, Let's get one of the uh, the ones that we spent a lot of time on. Okay. Well, give me, give me a hint as far as uh, what was that last one? Go down a bit. Uh, no, <laughs> it was some communications. I think. Uh, well, so one, one thing to highlight is a lot of the time when we were, when we were building these, these capabilities, they move. So the process areas didn't originally start this way and capabilities moved around and got merged and got split and got remerged. So, you know, if there's one in particular, you know, many, it's hard to call out one in particular that had a lot of conversation because that may have been a conversation around a mature, uh, a capability that existed before a split or a merge. 
No, wait. We we had the one that we went on uh, how the program was it how the program feeds on itself or remember that one? Uh, yeah. The we, um, I, I we well, you know what? This is it should be fresh in our mind. Um, so uh, PTSD. Uh, we we are just uh, pushing the thing down because we don't want to <laughs> remember the discussion. Uh, what was it? Not continuous changes. Well, so while Isar is figuring that out, actually, Chris, while we go back to the top, let's talk to each of the process areas. We can, we can, if there's nothing to talk about specifically, we can skip it. You know, yeah. strategy first is really yeah. about overall, what would you want to look for? You know, how would you approach if you don't have a threat modeling practice already in your organization, but also if you have one, how would you potentially look to improve it, make it more effective, right? Um, so we're talking about things like making sure that you have management buy-in and that uh, execution at an organizational level uh, can can occur, right? When we look at then then from that feeds a lot of these other other process areas, right? So education, which is the next one in our process area list, is all about ensuring that people have the right resources, knowledge, and other resources. <laughs> So that they are able to be effective in the role, and and that the program can be successful. Let's right, so let's stop of, here for a yeah, second. Yeah. Let's unpack a few of these because I think this is this is just a, a one that's there's a six pack of of capabilities here. Um, yep. But you've got you know training assignments. So threat modeling training is part of the organization's curriculum. Stakeholders assign resources that everyone in the organization can learn. That is a capability because we we want people to learn more about threat modeling so they can get better at threat modeling. And that goes right along with active practice where practitioners use experiential experiential learning to develop threat modeling skills by performing hands-on threat modeling, right? Yeah, it's not, about not, not exponential. <laughs> experiential. I said it, uh, I, I had to correct myself there. Um, Stay away of my logarithms. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what a logarithm is. So, but then, and then all the way down to continuing education, a capability that describes how people need to continuously be learning more about threat modeling and security and privacy. And so that's a package of a process area with education describing, you know, these best practices and like, like Izar and Matt have already described, like this is a zero or one. And Izar was the one who helped drive us to, these have to be provable. It can't just be like, we feel like we're doing it. Each of these has something, a, a deliverable that you'd be able to look at and determine whether in fact a, a company was, your company was a, was completing these various capabilities. And it's important to call out that these, this, that training or education process area has a root in the manifesto. Yes. Right? So journey of understanding over security and privacy snapshot. And how do you make that successful? Right. So we want to, we want to ensure, or we hope that organizations build out a program that is consistent in its values and principles and that education is a key part to that. And so you'll see that as a theme throughout that a lot of the process areas and the, the capabilities themselves tie back to, to one of the concepts in the manifesto. Yep. Okay. How about creating? Wait, 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 wait. Go back creating. up. Go I back. remember now the one that we spent the most time on ended up being called conventional alignment. Ah, yes. yes. Remember? Yes. My yep. goodness. We spent so yes. much time on this one. Well, okay. So let, let's tell a full story here. Part of the reason why there was, <laughs> there was contention on the convention is that 
<laughs> contention on the convention of the Not inflection. when I'm drinking. <laughs> and you please work another chung t- t- type of word into it. The inflection of the convection of the convention was about more about the deflection. Deflection. <laughs> <laughs> was, was more was more about getting a a good a good uh, two word adjective noun or adjective act, adverb action uh, than anything else. Uh, yep. So 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 each of the capabilities you'll notice have a format of a word and a word. There's actually a hyphenated word in here somewhere. So it's three, but uh, it's it's we cheated. It's a descriptive <laughs> action, right? So in this case, it's. Alignment of conventions, and uh, and that training reinforces inform is informed by and reinforces the organizational norms, so that you get consistency where you want it, uh, and that that consistency improves the capability of the threat modeling program. Uh, I'm sorry, but when we managed to put the sentence "infuse locality of organizational culture into threat modeling," that's when I felt that we got there. <laughs> that's when I felt that we achieved maximum Dilbertness. <laughs> <laughs> and if you re- if it requires an LLM to interpret it and and understand it correctly, that's because we, we, we used one to write it. <laughs> <laughs> we did not. We used a bunch of brains, human brains. All right, so then creating threat models is the next section where there's 12 capabilities that are providing, I would say, best practices of things that you should try to do in your process of creating threat modeling, like fostering participation. We want to make sure that we have diversity of job function for people that are that are doing performing threat modeling. Yes. Uh, we don't want to just have developers sit around in a corner because when you bring a tester and a product manager and an architect and they all sit at the table – there's a lot of good. And once again, that has a direct point back to the manifesto too. Like that's yep. a, yep. that's a, there's a direct uh, correlation there right back. And not just the manifesto. If you've seen any of our previous podcast episodes, you ever seen any of the presentations that any of us have done at, at conferences or through trainings or through, you know, at, uh, books or other material that we put together. This is a common theme, right? Having, having threat modeling be part of the process that everyone. It's a team sport. Yeah, that everyone is involved yep. with. So. That's a good and t-shirt I, idea. Threat modeling is a team sport. And I, I think that it's fair to say that we started with the manifesto. The manifesto sort of drew a line. And people were like, okay, th- th- these are important things to do, but uh, how do I actually do them? What, what do I need to do in order to do them? And the capabilities is here exactly to show these are the pieces that you need. These are the things that you need to work on having so that you can achieve the targets that we put out in the manifesto. Yeah. And the next thing in line probably is going to tell people how to get better at uh, these capabilities. Uh, spoiler alert. Come on. Let's <laughs> match. Finished watching. Let's match. Say no more. Say no more. <laughs> All right. So then we've got acting on threat models. Um, you know, things that we could do to ensure that the findings of the threat models, people are taking action upon them. So definition of done, seamless alignment, baseline improvements, and then risk management. Then you've got communication. What are some best practices for communication and measurement? And then ultimately program management um, as you know, ways to, to, you know, to, to improve the threat modeling program, which is driving all the other good stuff that's happening in, uh, in, in our, in, with our threat modeling. It is our, our ultimate goal. 
So there's the list of our of the 15 people. So we had a few people from the manifesto drop out due to other commitments. And then we had a couple of new folks that joined us like Sarah Jane Madden, who Sarah Jane had a just a crucial um a, yep. just a different viewpoint. And um, I'm the one that that added that tried that, that invited her and, and told the rest of the team because we sat in, in Dublin last year at the OWAS conference and sat and listened to her talk. I think he's our you and I were actually sitting there, right? And we're, mm-hmm. We were like, she thinks about this differently than anybody else I know, and which is but great. She's one of us. Yeah, she's but she's brilliant, <laughs> and she thinks about it. She just thinks about it differently, and yep. uh, that's what we wanted. We wanted. We don't want this group to be represented as we all think the same way and and conclude the same way. We want different opinions here, and so uh, Sarah Jane was a new a new person that we were able to to bring into the mix. Seba. Um, who is very well known in the OWASP world for his work mm-hmm. on Sam and, and lots of other things. But uh, we were able to, to invite him to join us. He's also passionate about threat modeling. We were able to invite him to join us and bring his experience with Sam into the mix as we were trying to figure out maturity models versus capabilities and stuff like that. So it was great to have some new folks join, uh, join us in the mix. Now let's talk about as our final point of discussion slash argument. Because um, now we're not in the the confines of the threat modeling. Wait, wait, wait! Before now we go there, argue. we have to mention Sheila that she's already uh, she's already a uh, honorary member of the group. And uh, by now, after reading so much about threat modeling, guys, if you need somebody to give you training, I think that Sheila by now can do it. <laughs> so yeah, no, without her editing powers, uh, we would be stuck towards meeting for a long, long time, and it wouldn't be nearly as good as we think it came out. We, we, so, we would have been reliant on the hallucinations of some LLM somewhere. That, yeah. And uh, Grammarly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Definitely thank you to Sheila for, uh, for, for being our editor and turning that and, document around fast. And our guy, Punctilio Tertiari Secundus. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to figure that one out yourself, folks. So Centurion of the, of the legions. <laughs> ask ChatGPT. Yeah. All right. So we started this conversation when we started this group working again, discussing and debating capabilities versus maturity model. And we had we had some good debate and conversation early on the process, and eventually we landed on capabilities. So where so so what what would a maturity model as the next chapter of this book look like, Matt? Since so, you were a person that was yes. very on the forefront of capabilities and maturity models. Well, so if anyone is familiar with what is no, you know, the, the capability maturity model uh, system, right? So CMMI uh, is is available. It's in two dot something now. Um, so you'll you'll you may re- you may be familiar with that if you're familiar with CMMI, uh, or if you're familiar with anything out of the open group. Um, especially, um, uh, they have have capability maturity capability model. Uh, so capabilities are things that you do or, or do not do, uh, whereas maturity is the is the how well do you do those things, right? So so if you look at a capability, um, you know if we pick any of the capabilities, really just uh, you know the, there's uh, let me just I'm gonna just go back and t- pick one of these, right? So if we look at um, at lifecycle integration, just because it's strategy, right? Um, 
a little a low a low maturity of life cycle integration would be very ad hoc. You know, maybe the maybe the engineer or a security champion or somebody working in a in a on a product within a life cycle may may just oh I want to do threat modeling and they add it to their to their task list. Right, that's that's pretty low maturity. Um, but at a higher level of maturity. Uh, you're going to have it baked into your lifecycle definition. And so it becomes a regular activity. Um, and then at an even higher maturity to that, uh, there may be some sort of feedback loop. And so it may be become an adaptive, uh, uh, um, adaptive activity within the lifecycle. So the, so the, the way that the fact that you do some sort of integration gives you the capability and then how effective you are, <clears throat> how repeatable it is, how measurable it is, how adaptive it is, is what you gain through increasing levels of maturity. Yeah, I think that's that's the next logical step. Yep. Is to go to, to take the capabilities and consider what maturity levels would look like for each of them. Right. And, and so we, to, oh, sorry, is our judge no, really no, 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 one of the big cut parts of wanted to we had and, and and want to to keep in mind when we look at you know how would we put a maturity model together it, you know if we if we take that as the next step is there are a number of maturity models today that exist that are um, that have varying degrees of, of, of success and and value right so you have OWASP has a maturity model in in SAM right so the security assurance uh, maturity model where for each capability area, they, they offer a, you know, step one, step two, step three, right? So maturity is, is fixed with fixed definitions. You have BSIM, you know, build security and maturity model. Well, it's not maturity model. It's something else uh, they think it stands for um, that describes sort of a set of things that people do as a measure of maturity, but not necessarily defining what those things should be. Uh, and then you have CMMI, which has for each process area or capability, um, an understanding of a zero to five scale where increasing maturity means something and, and, and may not actually define what it means to be at level one versus level three versus level five, but has a, has a goal in mind. And so um, what, what is, valuable for us as threat modelers and as organizations that are implementing a threat modeling program, uh, you know, is it appropriate to say, well, at level four or level five of lifecycle integration, you should have an adaptive threat modeling process without actually telling them what that means versus making it prescriptive and potentially missing the mark. Right. So those are some of the things we will, that will have to be worked out if anyone's going to build on top of these capabilities. Yeah. But one thing I was thinking about the, the, the maturity side of things is that, as you said, for, for example, the BSIM, it looks at different verticals, but at the end of the day, it's the same things that they are looking at and measure, measuring. They, they just check who has more of them in, in which vertical. And for us in here, I, I think I'm just throwing like thoughts out, not, not, not talking for the group. This is probably going to be an interesting discussion. <laughs> Does it mean that we always have to have the, the, the same number of levels for each one of the, the capabilities? No. Does it always no. mean that everybody has to migrate towards the higher levels? Or if you are in a specific kind of organization, you can stop in the middle and everything is going to be fine. 
So I mean, you can do that with any maturity model, though. Like that's yeah. a personal, mm-hmm. personal choice. Right, but you're not that's a personal choice. To, you're not forced yeah. to go to a highest, the highest level. I mean, the highest level should define what we as a group of practitioners think is the best state for that particular capability, based on our collective experience. So the the thing is, going back to our recurring theme of uh, being reasonable. If we go with uh, uh, bad, good, best, do we always have to be at best? Is the reasonable level being always at best? Probably not. You're starting with a, you're starting with a fundamental flaw in your in your reasoning, which I think. is bad, good, best. Yeah, I don't think we. I don't think the maturity is a is that type of measurements. Oh no, no, I'm just throwing it. Uh, I mean, bad is not having, good is having something, best is having the whole thing. But uh, just just throwing something to to have something to measure here. It could be level zero to level five. No, no, it's not that. It's you're you're associating value to those levels. Ah, interesting, interesting. So you're already saying that being at a higher level doesn't mean that that you are at a higher value of the thing. It may not be. It just means that you are better at doing it. More consistent, more consistent. Mm-hmm. You may have may ha- you may have higher assurance. Nice, right? Nice. It doesn't necessarily yeah. even mean that you're doing. You, you you could have so similar to security, right? You can have high assurance and still have a Swiss cheese product. Mm-hmm. So we have we have to we have to definitely sure. be quantitative rather than qualitative in the measurement of that maturity. Right. Okay, somebody write that down. But it's what you do. <laughs> it's what you do and how you do it, not necessarily that you. Maybe, you know, you could you could still find a billion security threats through an adaptive yeah. process. Mm-hmm. The adaptive process is the important part, not necessarily right. not necessarily the outcomes. The outcomes should be manageable. The outcomes should be understandable. The outcomes should drive behavior, but not from the purpose of making saying maturity three versus maturity five is better or worse. Are you telling me process over outcome? So this is kind of a fundamental flaw of maturity models that why people tend to probably don't like it so much. Um, but yeah, a little bit. Everything Yay! needs to be about outcomes, though. No, no, no. Well, and I guess actually this is a, we should make an episode on that. If you it's look at it from a process. from a business perspective, it's it's about outcome. At the end of the day, if I don't have outcome, I don't have a business. And so you can make all the process you want, but there's no you you're going to go to an empty building because we don't exist anymore. <laughs> You're going to have an outcome either way. Having a process to get to some outcome means that it, if that outcome is not the optimal one, you have something to go back and debug to get to the optimal one. Yeah. So the process is actually more important than the outcome. And, and I'll, I'll argue on the case of chaos. You'll have predict, well, that, but you'll have predictability. <laughs> That's actually that that is literally the choice. Do you want chaos or do you want predictability? Yeah, so so can, if anything, yeah, a, pr- exactly. a process maturity model is all about capability. Uh, the process maturity model is entirely about repeatability and predictability, mm-hmm. not necessarily yeah. uh, what so, you're getting, but how you're getting there. So you can refer to me as Tyler Durden from now on. <laughs> <laughs> a little and reference by the way, for if if anyone is listening to this, if anyone any of our viewers are listening to this and have thoughts on capability and maturity models, absolutely, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Yes, please. That's Especially a good way. after he reads the whole thing. Yeah, that's a good way <laughs> to segue into the the end of this episode. So, uh, we definitely want to get feedback on this thing. Like we didn't we didn't create this thing on an in an ivory tower and think that we somehow have all the answers. Uh, we want people to analyze it 
and then provide comments and feedback. Uh, you can do that. Uh, there's a GitHub repo for the threat modeling manifesto and now the capabilities. So you can uh, give it, send us issues from there. Um, you can ping any of us directly. We'll, we'll pass the feedback on to the rest of the team. So feel free to, to give us that feedback. We, we really do want to know what we got right, what we, what you think we might've gotten wrong so that, you know, we can revise it in the future and, and make an even better thing. What we forgot. What we forgot. Very That's important. a good thing too. Like we, yeah, we, I wouldn't, I would not guarantee that we captured everything that needs to go into the essence of a threat modeling program. Yeah. There are or, some things or, that we, we missed. Or what ended up on the cutting room floor. True. True. That one too. That's the B what, side. What did we, what did we, what did we deprioritize because of our collective understanding and then, but we should have kept. Yeah. Hmm, is this important? What an interesting question. <laughs> what a way to, what a way to leave that. We'll leave that for our audience to ponder. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed walking through this uh, threat modeling capabilities document. I know we all had a blast putting it together, but I am glad that we shipped it finally. Uh, that was a momentous occasion to ship it, get it out to the world so we can gather feedback on no, it. No, no, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let the record show Izar is celebrating with fireworks in his camera display for anyone driving the boat, the plane. <laughs> the helicopter or the car <laughs> at this point who's uh, not able to look at the video screen so once again thanks for joining us on the security table we will be back next week with some other wacky zany fun we have the capability <laughs> <laughs>